Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Bob Getty, Kelly Center, Michael Bergens, Lou Johnson will be joining us uh, momentarily. We're broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg with the Thursday edition of the Eagle Hour. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of Southern Miss and the Eagle Hour. You can enjoy their fresh-cooked meats every day in-house right here in Hattiesburg and Laurel and other parts of Mississippi. Or if you've got a special event upcoming on your schedule, Dickies can cater it, large or small. You can sit back, relax, and let Dickies do the cooking. Kelly, how are you? I haven't seen you in a week or so. Well, before. I was going to say, you sound refreshed. You sound full of vim and vigor and ready to get back to work. a long work. time since I've been full of vim and vigor, but uh, I do sound... Okay. For 112, you're doing I'm okay. I'm not doing bad. Uh, uh, so you're looking good. And, thanks. Uh, thanks. Uh, working on tan and ready. Working on getting some of this weight off. I mean, I really, yeah. all joking aside, I really do need to get some of this weight off. So it's right. it's time. So all right. Well, you know, we're at Fuzzy's Taco Shop tomorrow, uh, and it's going to be misery. I'll, I'll be there, <laughs> and I will enjoy Maybe not a little a good bit. Good way to start. Right? I'll, I'll enjoy a little bit, but that's all all in in portions. You I know? got you. Well, I'll tell you what I enjoyed last night, guys. I enjoyed uh, the electric atmosphere at Pete Taylor Park. Two really good college baseball teams. You and I were talking before we went on the air how much respect we have for Ole Miss baseball program and Mike Bianca and the kids that play there. And it was all on display last night. It was uh, it was just a lot of fun. The Golden Eagles, as you probably know, prevailed in a fist fight, fist fight of a baseball game, 5-3 uh, to three over Ole Miss. Uh, head, associate Head Coach Chad Kaye joins us. Back on the road recruiting this morning. I was kidding you this morning, Coach, when uh, when I told you that uh, you looked a little nervous there in the 8th uh, or ninth inning last night. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely got intense. There's no question. I think when we led the inning off with an error, uh, we all kind of ch- checked up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was it, it was one of those really special games with a really special atmosphere. Uh, I've got to guess that coaches like you and certainly players, that's what you're in the sport for is to be in environments like last night. Am I correct? Absolutely. The, the place was electric. It was exactly what I was expecting. To be honest with you, you had two terrific college baseball programs. Uh, with, a, with a midweek play that's uh, very meaningful for both from the RPI standpoint, obviously in-state recruiting and so forth. So uh, obviously it was a terrific night uh, weather-wise and a terrific ending. <laughs> no question. Well, I want to talk about a couple of kids, uh, Coach. And, and the first I want to start with, and, and Kelly knows this young man very well, J.C. Keys. Here, here's what I went away taking from that last night. Here's a kid that grew up in Hattiesburg, played baseball at Oak Grove, has played four years at Southern Miss, and I, I think it's fair to say, Coach, he's had some up, some great appearances and and some difficult times that he's overcome. But you guys call on him last night. 
when it really appeared that Ole Miss was on the verge of, of maybe taking charge of the baseball game, and he comes in and pitches almost three innings of, of near-perfect baseball to close the game out, that's got to be a night that J.C. Keys will remember the rest of his life. Absolutely. You, you said it best. He's had a, uh, a, a lot of ups and downs in his career, but some really, really special moments in our uniform. And, and God bless when we, we needed that senior the most. He, he stepped up for us in a huge, huge way, and, and not just in the three-out capacity, in the nine-out capacity. And, and at the end of the day, you couldn't be more happier for him even add the icing on the cake of <laughs> being a local guy from Oak Grove and always want to wear this uniform in, in that environment and that type of game. So super, super proud for him. He deserves it. We deserve it. Uh, and hopefully this is just going to catapult him to new heights uh, for his game, not only in the Southern Miss uniform the rest of this season, but on professional baseball. Right. Kelly, your thoughts about J.C. Keys and any question you might have well, for Coach I, And a question I had specifically about J.C., Coach, is he does not fit the prototype college baseball pitcher recruit now. Usually it's all about, you know, if you're not 6'4", 6'5", right. something like that, you're going to get bypassed. What was it about Keys' skill set? Because you knew he wasn't going to be very big. Even if he hadn't stopped no. growing, he was never going to be a really tall guy. So what was it about his skill set that attracted you to him initially? Well, I, honestly, you know, I'm going to brag on the Oak Grove program for first and foremost because they produce so many terrific, not only baseball players, but terrific athletes, but terrific competitors. And, and J.C., you know, when I saw him his senior year, of course, he had terrific athleticism, as we know. And, you know, I, I was fortunate enough, him being a local guy, I got to see him play football. He's a terrific high school football player for Oak Grove. And so that just shows his toughness and his aptitude and whatnot. And, you know, of course, he had the breaking ball, which everybody was aware of. And he had the strikeout pitch. So that alone was uh, enough uh, to get him on our radar. But at the same time, to know the kid, what a terrific kid he was, what a terrific competitor, the football background, and, you know, you start checking those boxes off, and it was an easy decision for me to get him in here. But you're right. He, he's not your sort of typical body as far as body style, as far as a pitcher. He's undersized. But, you know, we've had some great ones. Todd McKinnis, Andrew Pierce wasn't a big, a very big pitcher as well. So we're not afraid of those athletic-type uh, bodies. And, and cause, you know, <laughs> those guys are typically middle of the, the diamond-type players, former shortstop center fielders who understands the, the grind of the game, grind of the season, the toughness to get through some tough times, and, and J.C.'s one of those. And, and I want to ask you, too, about you mentioned football now a couple, a couple of times in that last statement, and I've talked to some of your mm-hmm. colleagues across the country, and they said in this era of travel baseball and select ball and all that kind of thing, if they could have their druthers, I'd say 80% of the coaches that I asked this question to say they would rather have all things being equal, they would rather have a baseball player who has also played football. And I find that, I find that answer very intriguing, and you just kind of touched upon it with J.C. Can you expand upon that a little bit further, Coach? Absolutely. Uh, there's something that that sport brings to all sports, uh, not just ours in baseball, but at the end of the day, there's a certain level of toughness those Friday night lights, man, those moments especially. I mean, you you know Kelly Taylor Braley to a T. I mean, that's right. another perfect example. Dylan Bernot really, really was so impactful to our program, and he was one of the top linebackers in a, in a powerhouse football program in Western Ohio High School. 
Uh, it, I mean, it just goes so far. Um, I don't know what it is if they put in the water at the football practices, but there's something there. <laughs> and that when you're right, we all look for, man. It's just an intangible that you, you can't teach. And you're either built with it, it's inside of you, or you don't have it. And unfortunately, you have to have it to play that sport, especially in the trenches. And, of course, Kirk McCarty was a quarterback that, that, that helped Correct. Lingo grow to, to a state championship on the football field. Yeah, but you, Kirk was a different breed. Now Kirk was a quarterback. Those are a little softer. I hope Kirk listens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll hear from him if, if he is. But, the, but the, reason I wanna, the reason I want to bring all that up, the reason I want to bring all that up is because there is all this push now for specialization. You know, parents of 10 and 11-year-old kids will say, well, we're just going to focus on baseball. Well, let me tell you something. 10-year-old kids playing baseball today are as soft as I have ever seen. Now, I am that old guy, okay? Yeah. But parents, yeah. parents who want their kids to specialize in baseball in particular at 10, don't. Let them play mm-hmm. other sports, particularly football, because they, they're down in a three-point stance, buddy. You learn toughness, and you learn how to compete for a position. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. You're, there's a lot of truth to that, but look, I have an 11-year-old son, so I can speak on this on my own uh, terms here. Uh, you know, there there is a lot of validity to that statement. The unfortunate part, man, uh, with the football t- in today's world, these kids are bigger, faster, stronger than ever. And, you know, the point you hear so many horror stories from the tackling issues. And, and you know, I'm not trying to be little because look man I, I'm, I'm a big advocate of it but at the same time I understand why the fears of some parents because I have a lot of friends the kids my age my son's age and, and I understand some of it but you're right there's a lot to it it's a, it's a double-edged sword yeah. just whether or not you, you're willing to put your, your son in those moments in those trenches but you know and it's not just football like I'm a, I'm a big believer basketball uh, can give you some of the same uh, rewards, right. the, the toughness, and it's just the athleticism. Playing other sports is terrific. I'm a big believer of that. But you're right, man. The football, the basketball, and the baseball, I, I, I definitely believe the kids today need to experience those as, as, as far as their talents will allow them to and, and obviously not put themselves in danger. But at the same time, it brings a different mental edge uh, for whatever sport they decide to specialize and that, And as the game has evolved, some Southern Miss fans were, were commenting to me at lunch today. They said they were standing by the Ole Miss bus last night. Oh, they're just, big. Yeah, just happened to see the Ole Miss guys getting yeah. on the bus. Yeah. These guys are monsters. They're big, aren't they, Coach? <laughs> they are. They are. You know, we're, we're typically a very physical team, and, and they are. They're more physical than we are. And they're older. There's no question. It's an old team uh, with a lot of experience, a lot, you know. They do a great job there. Let's let's all say right. That's a terrific program, Coach. If you'll just hang on through a short three minute break, I want to ask you about about Matt Walner's performance last night. It was just, I think, pretty incredible, and I'd like to get you to comment on that before we let you go. Is that good? Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Chad Kaye is with us, associate head baseball coach of the Southern Miss baseball program, and he'll be right back on the other side of the break as the Eagle Hour rolls along.
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We're having a conversation with one of our favorite guests, Chad Kai, Associate Head Baseball Coach at Southern Miss. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark. Great time to go buy a Southern Miss baseball T-shirt. Campus Bookmark on Hardy Street. You can uh, shop locally or you can reach them at campusbookmark.net, and we appreciate their support. Luke Johnson in with us. He's over in Laurel. Kelly and I and Michael here at the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. We're going to let Luke get involved here in just a second, Coach, but I, I wanted to ask you, about Matt Walder last night. The the obvious headline is that he hit two home runs and another base hit. But I thought some of the defensive plays he made in right field last night stunted the momentum of Ole Miss and played a huge role in the outcome of the baseball game. No question. Uh, of course, robbing the home run was definitely a, <laughs> a remarkable play. Uh, and then he had another play in right field. Almost double up the guy at first base as well. So, he definitely showed off some tools. And one of the, you know, he had a terrific night. One of the biggest plays he made as well in the night that goes really unnoticed. Uh, it was in, I can't exactly remember what inning. It was a, uh, the three, the two-run inning we had in the third or fourth. He had the stolen base uh, that Hunter, he had a terrific jump. Cole struck out on the play where he got the second, and Hunter LeBlanc hit the, the mm-hmm. backside single, which scored that run. Uh, that goes very unnoticed, man, and that was a terrific opportunity, and we work on that a lot with the stolen bases, and I'm, I'm a big part of that. But at the end of the day, he had a terrific opportunity that he two count to take that base, and that was crucial because who's to say we wouldn't have got the, you know, Hunter hit that thing, but we'd have to get another hit to score him if he doesn't steal that base. So he had a remarkable night. I mean, he did everything you could ask for uh, out of from a coach's perspective uh, to impact the game last night. And, couldn't be more proud of him. Well-deserved, and it was a terrific night. No question. All right, Luke, get in here with uh, Coach Chad Kaye. Coach, uh, so we, we know by that last statement, Paul Bunyan's awake. Uh, he's, he's hit like eight yeah. home runs in the last 12 games. Uh, Bowen's been going off. But talk about the three yeah. amigos, the, the three freshmen. Danny Lynch has really raised his batting average in the last month and a half. McGillis is coming on. Hunter LeBlanc, really good. Those guys, I think, went four for seven mm-hmm. last night. Yeah, man, I can't can't think enough on all three of those guys. Uh, Dan, you know, Danny, I, and I know his average wasn't exactly where everyone wanted to see it to be. But he had some tough luck early in the year. He had a lot of tough line drives at the outfielders, shortstops. He, he didn't have. He had better at bats than his batting average showed. If you want to know the truth, and you know, I, I kept telling him it's an honest game. It's gonna come back to you, and you have to just kind of stay the course. And and he has, man. He. He is so mature for his age, uh, not only as a player, but as a student of the game. He, he, he really is above his years as far as his mind of baseball. And he's going to not only he's having a terrific season for us, second half of the season for us now, but he's going to be a, uh, an impactful player in this program. Hunter LeBlanc, I'm more excited for it than any, uh, simply because he's from my hometown. I know a lot about him. He's another football product, uh, a lot like J.C., a free safety, uh, tough, tough kid. And he just needed to catch up to the speed of the game, and he has. And, man, he's doing a terrific job. And another guy that I think you guys are going to fall in love with over the years. And Will McGillis, obviously, uh, local guy, PCS product, uh, defensively couldn't ask for anything more. Uh, what he's done this year, there's no question he's, he's been a stable pony at that shortstop position. Uh, what, I think he has five errors on the year, maybe six. Uh, he, obviously, you stay under – 
10 errors for a season, you're doing something special at shortstop. And I think Brian Dozier had 11, so that tells you a little bit how impactful that can be. But, uh, you know, he's getting better with the bat. He knows his role. You know, he's that bottom of the lineup type hitter. He's really working on his game uh, each and every day to, to be that impactful, bottom, productive bottom of the lineup hitter. So, to help right. our offense flow. So, yeah, man, those guys, man, I, again, they're, they're definitely the future of our program and couldn't be happier for where they are. Coach, that Dozier uh, guy you question. mentioned, was he, would, did he ever materialize into much? I'm sorry, I did not hear you. I said that Dozier guy that you mentioned, did he ever do much after college? Yeah, you know, he. I think he ended up playing a little pro ball. <laughs> well, and while, you're, yeah, while we're speaking of pro ball, Matt Waller in about six weeks is going to be filthy bow-legged rich. <laughs> All right? When that, well, I hope so. Yeah, well, and, and, the, and the question that I think is, you know, how – it becomes a business now once he, once he goes to the next level. How does he keep his mind straight? He's got a lot of things going on. And from a coaching standpoint, Coach Kai, is that well, – do you yeah. guys ever talk about that? Oh, yeah, it's a challenge. There's no question. I mean, obviously, if you've been watching, it hasn't been uh, the most glorious start for him uh, this season. He's had some ups and downs, no question. He's been really, really consistent this past month, month and a half, and so happy for him. But there's a lot of pressures that go – into this that people just don't really understand. I mean, uh, you know, it's easy for us all to sit here as a coach and a fan to say, well, just relax and play. Well, when you have millions of dollars on the line and none of us were good enough to sit here and say we did, it, it's easy to say those words and very difficult to do as a grown man, more or less when you're 20 years old. Uh, so it, it's, it's in the pressures of having scouts and cross-checkers and scouting directors and agents just breathing down his neck on every practice, every inner squad, every game, midweek, weekend. It's just, it's taxing. It's very, very taxing. And then when you don't perform early and you, you kind of get yourself behind the eight ball with some things, you, you really, you start pressuring. You press and you press and before you know it, 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 just, it weighs on you. And in, in his defense, he had a little bit of the injury with the arm from the pitching uh, side of it. So there were just so many factors that, that go into this that people just don't understand. And you feel for him because but you're as excited as you are for him. At one hand, you kind of feel for him because of the pressures that they're on. Uh, well, and it's not as easy as to say, just, just relax and play because everyone can say that. But, again, that's very difficult to do in those circumstances. I think it's interesting that you use the word taxing because I think it's a single guy. He's going to give about 30 of it. <laughs> <laughs> about 30% of it to Uncle Sam. Yeah, so, well, probably, hey, probably so. Probably hey, so. hey, Matt, if you want to avoid that a little bit, cut a nice good check to Southern Miss. You know? Yeah, there you go. All right, Luke, last question for you. Go ahead. Coach, what's been the secret behind the, uh, the the nine game winning streak? And and we asked Coach Barry, you know, after that a midweek South Alabama loss, you know, we talked about there was a players meeting, and I can remember those days in football. Uh, what's just kind of you know been different uh, over the last nine games? Well, I don't know what Coach Barry shared with you guys, but from my perspective, it's, it's been the locker room. There's no doubt, and I'm a big believer of the locker room. I think the 2019 taught me more about chemistry in that locker room and those guys coming together uh, more than anyone in my in my coaching or playing career and and I, I preach that we preach that every day and, and it kind of starts with the leadership there's no question but it was just a moment that they they kind of shared and uh you know we weren't a part of it as coaching staff and it, it was just they knew they had it in them and just they had to turn that corner and get some consistency 
I think we struggled so much with an identity of who we were. We were trying to play all phases of the game at extremely high level. And there were times that we did, and there was a lot of times that we didn't. Uh, and I think we just have to get consistent and, uh, consistent of being who we are and understanding uh, how to take care of ourselves individually and, and obviously get some flow to the, and some rhythm to this team uh, from the pitching staff, from the offense, from the defense. And I think that's what they, they've kind of come to peace with. And, and at the end of the day, we saw this in them in the fall. We saw these streaks of, of really, really, like you saw last night, of, of real high-level baseball. And, and, and I think we're, we're gelling at the right time, and, which is the most important time, and hopefully we keep this thing going. All right, Coach, it's always a great pleasure to have you on our show. You're always willing to come on, and <clears throat> we appreciate yeah. your time. And I uh, want you to know, I think you already know, you're, you're always welcome here. Well, I appreciate you all, for sure, for sure. Hope to see you guys sitting at the peak. All right, Coach. We'll see you Friday night, actually. Coach Head, uh, Head Associate Baseball Coach Chad Kaye from the Golden Eagles. Kelly, here's a question for you. Completely electric last night. Huge, huge emotional win. How hard is it now to get these guys refocused because there's another really good ball club coming here tomorrow night? I would think at the high school level it would be a little more difficult. But now these guys are pretty seasoned. I mean, they know they know what's going on and they know what's, what's on the line. I mean, the, really, the Eagles are sitting in a good spot. They would have to be swept in order to not really mm-hmm. – all things being equal, you're going into Rice next weekend. Rice is playing better. But you'd still think that you'd have the upper hand on Rice, and then I think you finish with uh, UAB, right. which which you should be able to handle. The Eagles have the number one seed in their own grasp, okay? So the only thing, the only time they would really need to be worried is if they get swept this weekend. And they've been diametrically opposite when they play at home and on the road. Right. And they've been very strong at home. So I would think that they're probably sitting as good as they've ever been emotionally, particularly after this win last night, physically, you know, guys are, are healed up, ready to go. And as Coach Kai just said, they're now peaking at the right time. There's good, there's good mojo and good karma in the locker room. So mm-hmm. um, you want to go into that tournament, obviously, the number one seed. Then you've got that bid in your own hands. Uh, Luke, I think Kelly makes a great point. I think the win last night was an emotional win and a real boost to the psyche of the baseball team. Would you agree? Well, for two reasons. Number one, it's a midweek game. You've been terrible in them. You win. And you not only win in a midweek game, you beat Ole Miss. And so that is a, that's the staple win other than Mississippi State early on in the season. That's the staple win. It gives them a confidence boost. They say, we can play baseball at a high level. We can beat good teams. And that's what you need going into the FAU series. There you go. All right, when we come back, we'll go down to the Gulf Coast, see what Patrick McGee thinks about last night and what's upcoming for Golden Eagle Baseball. Eagle Hour continues after this. Southern Miss to the top. 
We want to thank Southern Miss Baseball Associate Head Coach for Chad Kaye for coming on uh, those first two segments. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, just in the shadow of the rock. 895 Blue Plate lunch every day, including a drink. Go by there. Uh, trivia, lots of stuff. Uh, Kelly J. Sander, the reigning intercontinental champion of trivia. 4th Street Bar and Grill, proud sponsor of the third segment of the Eagle Hour. Luke, Bob, Kelly, and Michael from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Southern Miss riding a nine-game winning streak after defeating Ole Miss 5-3 to three last night. Electric atmosphere. And to talk more about that and some more Southern Miss stuff, we go down to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Patrick McGee of the Bluxy Sun-Herald joins us today as he does every Thursday. Professor, what's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, just nice weather down here. Looks like uh, baseball weather, and it seems like every time you get to that point in the season where it warms up, Matt Walner also gets the roll. That's no the ball kidding. Really well right now. Yeah, that's no kidding. Yeah, Paul Bunyan has awoken. It took maybe a couple extra weeks uh, to to get the lumberjack swinging, but he's there. But Patrick, put in perspective, not just from an RPI uh, rank because I think we only improved like one spot last night, but from a we were going off air last segment talking about the confidence booster a win like that gives Southern Miss going into FAU. No, it's it's huge. I mean, this was really the time of year where Southern Miss needs to turn it on after kind of a lackluster first half of the season and a lot of uh, bad losses in midweek. And uh, for them to beat Ole Miss and then go into this weekend against FAU, this really gives Southern Miss a chance to, to lock down at least a spot in the postseason, at the, at the very least as a three-seed. Say if Southern Miss wins this series, uh, they're in good shape to win the regular season title, and RPI should hold up. Uh, from there on out as long as they don't collapse in the final two weeks. Uh, so this week was always going to be really important, and it kind of determines whether Southern Miss is a 2 3 or a 3-seed. And if they win this weekend, I think Southern Miss is in a position to be a 2-seed and a regional. Hmm. Patrick, we always appreciate you joining us this time of the year. We know most of these calls, you come from the yacht. How, how's the water out there in the sound today? <laughs> yeah, actually – I actually have been feeling last. I wasn't at the game last night. I was just uh, just flat wore out. I haven't been feeling well this week, so I didn't make it there. So no yacht trips for me. Just been kind of <laughs> resting up and getting ready for a hectic weekend. Yeah, you, you talk about the great baseball weather on the coast. Of course, the the state of Mississippi high school baseball playoffs are underway, and in the four A South State semifinal, Summerall is going up against Saint Stanislaus, and Summerall is led by Billy Garrity, who uh, is a Southern Miss signee. Garrity, a left-handed uh, uh, outfielder, has eleven home runs on the year, and I think over forty RBIs at the high school level. Eleven homers mm-hmm. in on one year. So yeah. that that's another guy that's going to be into the the Southern Miss fold, you right. know, next year. And speaking of young guys, Patrick, uh, there are three freshmen on this Southern Miss baseball team that are really beginning to stick their heads up. Uh, and it, it, you can watch them develop through the year. It's almost like they're, they've caught up with the game. And uh, they've proven to be a, a pretty dynamic part of the baseball team, haven't they? Yeah, that really Hunter LeBlanc is somebody they expected him, uh, expected to catch on early in the season. It just didn't work out early on. But as the season's gone on, he, he's really proven himself to be a, a strong hitter as a guy that can really swing the bat and play the outfield. So uh, LeBlanc and, and really, you know, the game changer for Southern Miss all comes back to Bryant Bowen. Uh, being able to put him in the cleanup spot and him really rake. But LeBlanc is somebody I think uh, Kaye really had a high opinion of as a hitter, and I think we're seeing 
uh, what he's capable of right now is, you know, the more guys, extra guys you have stepping up here in the final weeks of the season, it, it just makes a big difference. And that's what that's what's really put Southern Misses in the position is just maybe getting production out of the guys they weren't necessarily expecting to early in the year. Patrick, we're about three weeks now into the, the Jay Ladner era as head basketball coach mm-hmm. on the men's side at Southern Miss. Some guys who had decommitted from the Eagles now back on board. Uh, kind of give us your perspective three weeks into the – the Ladner era. What do you think? Yeah, I think he did what he had to do and get some guys uh, back in the fold that uh, that were kind of you know were, were pretty much free agents after Sadler left. Isaiah Jones, the big six foot eight forward out of uh, Connor State uh, Community College in Oklahoma. Then y'all said the six nine kid out of uh, Mandeville who 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 re you know recommitted to Southern Miss, and that adds a lot of size to the Southern Miss front court here coming into this next season especially we expect jones to play immediately as a juco transfer um and i I don't expect many changes say on on guys with eligibility remaining but uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens to say a tim Rowe uh, with as many additions as they've made in the front court whether it impacts his time or whether he's even back for next season so uh for them to really kind of focus on adding guys at six eight six nine uh, you know, and in in, in in really kind of bolster that front court when you often only had uh, uh, four guards and one big, and Harper Baker barely qualifies as a big at about six foot five. So uh, it, it can be really uh, you know change things going forward. So right now it's just kind of a ladder. It's been a matter of really keeping guys on board that were already committed to Southern Miss. I think with him taking over as men's basketball coach too, you've got he won a national championship at Jones, right up the road here in Ellisville, Pearl River. You know, won the state championship, and they're just just south of town here. And Ladner, who was coaching at Southeastern Louisiana in Hammond, just a stone's throw away. You talk about a guy who's got his thumb on all of the local guys, and mm-hmm. he and he hearkened back to the the NIT championship team, and he said one thing that he really liked about that as a player on the team is that most all the guys were from Mississippi. Mm-hmm. They were they were local, and he said, you know, you can win. If you focus on getting these local guys, and he certainly understands the the importance of getting people back into the stands, so it it looks like he's off off and running and uh, off to a good start. It'll be interesting to see um, some of the different bushes that he shakes and some of the other players that uh, that that head to Hattiesburg, maybe that we don't even know about at this point. Right. Hey, Patrick, uh, headed in just a few weeks. Uh, your way is the Conference USA Baseball Tournament. Mm-hmm. Is this the last year on contract that the tournament's going to be played on the coast? Uh, what do you think about the future of that? I, well, I think it's unclear. Uh, when they first announced it, they said they had a three- to five-year contract, so it's a little confusing uh, on where things stand. I think last I heard it was a two- to three. I, I think there is a definite possibility that it returns to Bluxy maybe even the next year uh, just because it's a, you know, a uh, a beneficial thing for Conference USA of all the spots they've held. It's the only spot where they're able to get a little bit more money out of uh, the tournament, you know, people here in Biloxi. So uh, it really comes down to can this be a financial success this year? After last year, it just waned because of the weather. Uh, the year before, you had huge crowds, really big numbers, record crowds. I think it all comes down to what kind of attendance you can get in Biloxi as long as the weather's good and Southern Miss is playing well like they are right now. I don't see why you can't, you know, come somewhat close to what you're able to do in year one in 2017. So I think this is this is a big year for the tournament. If it's going to keep coming back to Bluffy, it needs to draw good crowds. Is it is it a given that Southern Miss will open the tournament playing the night game, or is that not a given? 
No, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, they've had them in the in the third slot uh, on opening day. The first, in other words, it would be a scheduled five o'clock first pitch, uh-huh. and you know, but that usually turns into a five thirty or a six game as usual. Mm-hmm. So I would those Corky Palmer be, lightning delays will yeah, take over. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, it'll probably be a. I would expect probably scheduled for a five p.m. first pitch on that first day. That would be on on the Wednesday that the tournament opens. Right. Yeah, I think it's the twenty second. If I'm not mistaken, I think it's yeah. 22nd yeah, through right. the 26th. I got you. Well, it's a great man. It's a great venue, and uh, obviously for Southern Miss, it's it's a great location. But boy, just the the whole atmosphere of being right there by the Gulf and uh, in that beautiful ballpark. I don't know, Kelly. It seems to me it's a winner for Conference USA. And Southern Miss fans, too. I always got a kick out of when when it would play Tulane in football. They'd say, "Oh, you'd hear fans say." I'd like to play Tulane in New Orleans every year. Mm-hmm. Well, right. that means you're going, gee, why do you want to go to New Orleans? Right. <laughs> well, right. the same things that people want to go to New Orleans for are right there on the coast. Right, right. How, how well received is it by the community, Patrick? Well, I think the first year went really well just based on the weather. As long as you have the weather's good and you have pretty good, you know, a good Southern Miss team playing, you're going to have that little bit of extra, extra interest. I know people like holding this in Hattiesburg. But you go back to year one, I mean, you had crowds there that, you know, you can't fit in the Pete Taylor Park with like 5,200, you know, uh, close to 6,000 people at the at the ballpark. I think the record, the, the last year it was in Hattiesburg, the title game drew 3,500, 3,600. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's just that extra little, you know, you have potential to kind of max, maximize the attendance in Biloxi that you really didn't even see in Pearl whenever it was up there. So. Uh, mm-hmm. I think in Biloxi it has the most potential, and and I think it, it, you hear positive reviews out of all the other programs that have come into Biloxi and played as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke and I want to know if you've heard any insight on what kind of food they're going to be serving. The press box there has been absolutely supreme in the food that they've served, Patrick. Yeah, I would expect. Uh, I don't expect them to take a step back in that category. Man. It would probably be the uh, same food. They, they pretty much have the same, you know, food. Even Bluffy Shuckers games up. Uh, yeah. it's the best. It's the best press box food in the Southern League and ending conference. You <laughs> question about that, Luke? I'm sure you'll agree with that, right? I'm not saying anything to Kelly. <laughs> I just want to keep it on. I'm, I'm good, guys. I'm I'm good. <laughs> The, the uh, thing, you know, you guys mentioned that stadium, the, the Shucker Stadium on the coast. The other thing is, as we go to break, technologically, I'm right. saying all, the way that that place is wired, there are right. so many ways to keep fans, kids engaged right. with the video boards and the, the right. things in between innings. I mean, it's it's really set up to keep everybody entertained the whole game. All right, Professor, hope you start feeling better soon, man. We'll look forward to talking to you again next week. All right, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. The Eagle Hour will be right back. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the First Bank Studios at Laurel and Hattiesburg, home of the Perfect Ten. That's where we're broadcasting today's Eagle Hour. Tomorrow, we're back on the road. The crew is back on the road at Fuzzy's Tacos in Midtown in Hattiesburg. 
It's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, Kelly, so we're at Fuzzy's tomorrow. And I'll probably be there early again doing research so that I can give you first-hand accounts of the great food on the menu. The sacrifices you make for this program. Hey, what Michael, about- translate that for us. Translate that for us, Michael. What does that mean? That means he's going to be... Well, with his diet, though, I don't know. What does that mean now? Because you can't really... I have a certain calorie limit that I can... Okay. Now I, I don't and have... I don't think a lot of their stuff is really high calorie. No, Most and, and actually... food isn't. And I give them a lot of credit because on their, on their menus... That, that looks overhead before you order, it, it tells you the calorie count, which makes it really easy for you. Was that Corona dip, chip dip on that? Unfortunately, low it's list? again, I can make choices. How about the alcoholic beverages you were drinking? I as get well? X number of calories that can be consumed in any <laughs> form or fashion. So. I want to welcome a new sponsor. The fourth segment of the Eagle Hour is sponsored by Gulfport Home Center. They've got the largest inventory and best prices in South Mississippi on manufactured housing. Gulfport Home Center is conveniently located on Highway 49 in Gulfport. That's why they call it Gulfport Home Center. And they're making room for you and your family with perfect homes at perfect prices. You can go to gulfporthomecenter.ms today and browse their amazing inventory. Or you can call these good folks at 228-832-0710 for info on a new used or repossessed unit. Gulfport Home Center, we welcome them to the Eagle Hour. All right, Luke, new basketball news. What do you got? Yeah, it came out the wire uh, yesterday afternoon. Jay Ladner hired his first two uh, assistants. Uh, one will be Garland Wilson, who's the director of basketball operations. He served under Coach Ladner at Southeastern Louisiana, was at Jacksonville State uh, before that. So he comes in. He's going to be your director of basketball operations. A familiar name uh, coming in as an assistant coach, Kyle Rohn, who uh, graduated from Southern Miss in 1995. Uh, he served on staff uh, with – Coach Ladner, uh, it was it was kind of interesting. This is actually his third stint um, at Southern Miss. Uh, he was the uh, he was an assistant under James Green, and of course they went to the NIT, won the conference championship, and then he came back. I think it was in sixteen and seventeen. He was uh, the operations guy for Doc. Then he went to Southeastern Louisiana. He's a guy that you know, recruiting wise, um, knows uh, Mississippi and Louisiana uh, really, 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 really well. Um, Kelly, he, he's he's a Southern Miss guy. He's back, and so man, that's two Southern Miss guys on your basketball staff. That's a win-win. And Garland, when he was at Jacksonville State, worked under James Green there. When James Green was at Jacksonville State before uh, Coach Green went on to to Meridian, you know, community college. But Kyle Roan on the high school level has coached Pedal High School uh, right outside of Hattiesburg. Uh, he's coached Forest County AHS, which is you know down in Brooklyn and South Forest County. So around this area, of course, you get another Southern Miss guy with Kyle Roan and another guy who knows the landscape of as far as recruiting goes. So uh, and the fact that he's a, he's a Southern Miss guy. So for those of you that said it's time we get some Southern Miss people on board who believe black and gold you got him buddy well, i mean this is about as black and gold as it gets well i guess this me spoon will not be back at this. actually actually i talked to coach ladner uh, last week and he said that he and spoon are scheduled to meet um he said it was really kind of he said it was really kind of funny because neither one apparently knew that the other one was even up for the job mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. you know so there was there was kind of that awkward uh, hey man I'm, I'm i'm sorry that i well i mm-hmm. wouldn't have applied if i you know that sort of deal mm-hmm. so i i think the impression that i got and again this is my impression uh, was that that Co- that Spoon may very well be open to. to Wouldn't you like to see? I that? would. I, yeah, I think I it'd would. be good for everybody. You mentioned that too, Luke. And you just to clarify, there would be good. 
Yeah, I thought it would be really good. Just to clarify, Ron is an assistant. He we have not named an associate head coach yet, and so we were we were saying if Spoon didn't get the job, you know that would be a, a, a we would say you know if he's going to remain on staff, that's a shoe in. You know he would be an associate head coach of 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 some sort. So Ron is is being labeled right now on SouthernMiss.com as as an an assistant. He's not an assistant head coach or anything like that. And what is significant about the Ron hire was that you talked to the sources in Hammond. And he was the heir apparent. Kyle Rohn was the heir apparent. He could have he could have been the head coach mm-hmm. at Southeastern Louisiana, but apparently has rejected that opportunity to to come back to Southern Miss and work with Jay. Mm-hmm. So that speaks a lot, you know, for the basketball program when you because t- it it generally is every guy's dream if you're going to be a coach to be the main man, right. Right? right? Well, it looked like he would have had that opportunity, but instead chose to to come to Southern. So um, well, going to be interesting. Let, let me for basketball. Let me recorrect the record because in the article it says he's an assistant, but under the men's basketball website now he is Kyle Rohn is, is listed as the associate head coach. So there you go. Okay, so, but there's still a possibility that there's a slot for Spoon. Yeah, and I yes. think and I think Clarence Absolutely. Weatherspoon was in a situation where he doesn't need the job. No, you know, so to speak. So, I mean, to whatever degree, to whatever level he wants to be involved, he will certainly be welcomed with open arms. And, and we hope that uh, we hope that he, you know, that he will. And again, the impression I got was that he's he's open to that. So he and Coach Ladner are going to meet and talk about it. Well, so this could be like an entire Southern Miss staff of Southern Miss guys. Again, hey, yeah. N- now's the time. If you were all about. Getting Southern Miss guys as your yeah. coaches, right. join the Eagle Club, buy tickets, invest in the program. As, do fa- it. as fans, you came, you saw. You towed a house you down. You towed a house down. Towed a house down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eagle Hour on the road tomorrow at Fuzzy's Tacos, and uh, we're looking forward uh, to joining uh, those guys there. It's always a lot of fun at Fuzzy's. We'll see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Fuzzy's. Until then, Southern Miss. To, to the, the top. top. To the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.